Oh yeah, I uh, I watched Neverending Story the other night. Totally not gonna betray you in the swamp, everybody in Wolfswood at all. Never. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I would never do that. But yeah, I think I watched it on Sunday night, so immediately after we played the game, and I'm like, hmm, this dream I had for Mark's character this seems a little rude of me, doesn't it? Even as an adult, that scene still is like, mm, this is real fucked up. <laughs> this should not yeah. be in a children's <laughs> movie. Some of us don't watch those things for a reason. Well, <laughs> it's it's such a good like the first one. I, I don't want to like talk about the second and third film because they're vastly different films made for vastly different reasons. But the first film for Never Ending Story is such a great allegory for depression. And it's like. Ugh. <laughs> or and and posts like post death grieving it's very i don't know it just it's very a very good movie that's hold, held up over time but gosh <laughs> that scene is just so ugh. just don't give up don't give up horse it's okay i so this is this was my plan to get this up and going so it's a little rattly and noisy. So your plan was to pull out. Oh, okay, I see that now. Oh yeah, putting the the mic up <laughs> on a proper boom. Yep. It's a bulbous tube coming out of a bag. It's like, well, um, <laughs> well, I, mean, I don't know if they were that kind of show, but it's a different kind of streaming. <laughs> Welcome I'm really to really trying to branch out. Much more to... money in that streaming. Uber Geek Media's unboxing of strange bulbous devices from bags. Uber Geek Media After Dark. <laughs> Uber Geek. We already guns? are Uber Geek Media After Dark. What are you talking Shut about, up, John? It was a joke. <laughs> Uber Geek OnlyFans. Only Uber Geeks. Yes. Actually, they don't do that kind of content anymore, so I don't know where we'd go. No, they uh they reneged on that. Oh, good, because there's a lot of money coming in, and it was a very <laughs> safe thing for a lot of sex workers to use. Yeah, they were they were like I think they had a, an actual meeting and I was like, uh, this is a terrible idea to try to cancel this content. Hi internet. Uh hi internet. Hi. How you doing? It's the How's internet. They already know all this stuff. Yeah, this <laughs> hey internet. Uh we know you know all this stuff. It's okay. We know you know that we know who we are, mm -hmm. what we're about. Pretty sure that dummy thick <laughs> Dragonborn episode made that very apparent. Very clear. Actually, even in episode one with Maud, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> but you do all kinds of bass. <laughs> all right, are we ready to kick things off, guys? Let's yep. do it. We are Uber Geek Media. We are playing our actual Play 5e campaign in Absentia. Tonight is episode 25, Billy Club's Gruff. Oh, last time we had gotten into some deep pumpkin-y mess and really stuck our fingers into that pie and just popped it out. No, we had fought a bunch of pumpkins and jack-o'-lanterns last time, and it was a good time. One. What? We only fought the one last time. One, yeah, that's true. I guess before that, 
I'm just catching people up on the story. It's okay. And I'm correcting you like I'm supposed to, right? That's fair. Minus five experience. <laughs> I was I was actually going to add up everything, and you guys are like, pretty. you, you pretty much have leveled up, but I didn't get a chance to talk to you guys about it. So if you guys want to take a second to do that, obviously we need to do our long rest before that really kicks in. Or we can hold off and we can do that next episode too. Maybe in between episodes. Will it mess with my f- my four last hit points? Because I don't want to... Uh, leveling up doesn't reset your okay. hit points, I don't okay. think. I don't, not in my game. Well, no, but like in the program D-D-D-D-D, that we're yeah, using. But no, I don't, I don't think it does. Okay. No, I don't think so. So who wants to get a little bit more into the nitty gritty for the recap? Oh, we today? Don't we have something important to do first, Steve? Intros. Intros. Oh my god. Wow. See, every time I put a checklist up, it falls down and then I forget about everything because I'm awful. Yeah, we're Uber Geek Media. We're playing in absentia. I'm Steve, the GM. And above me. I'm John, and I'm here apparently to remind Steve to do important things. But I play Quill, the tabaxi wizard. Who's a good boy? I'm a good boy. I'm a very good boy. <laughs> then Anne. Hi, I'm Anne. I'm here to derail everything and correct things with incorrect facts. And I play your Kenku Rogue story. She is a delightful fountain of misinformation. I have approximate knowledge of many things. And then we have Mark. Hi, I'm Mark. I play the Dragonborn Sorcerer, Zigrit. Fun fact. Every day, Mark shaves his head and then takes the little stubble and attaches it to the end of his beard. It's a process, but... I thought he just no. pulled the beard down a little. It's really paying off. When I sleep, the hair comes back up this way, so you just have to give it a tug and it comes back down. I like that better. Just a little tug to get to rearrange that. All those hairs are connected inside of the skull. So yeah, who wants to uh, who wants to hop on and and do a better recap than the shitty one I did a few minutes ago? We fought a stick figure. It kicked the crap out of story. I thought we were Rochambeauing for this. Um, oh, who did it last time? Wasn't it Mark or was it John? It was Mark. It was I forget. I it's it was normally Mark. Mark um, Working memory issues are real fun when you play D&D. So we we traveled into the mine and the three of us made our way through discovering some real creepy vines growing all over the place. And there was an accident that could not have been prevented, uh, which revolved around a a blade. The blade explosion. (laughs) And uh, Quill being stabbed. Minor details. Yeah. Ziggurat casts sword bursts and accidentally hit uh, Quill. Accidentally hit Quill. Uh, but but we, we got past that moment and moved forward and fought a weird tentacly monster that lived in the ground. We were told its name, but I don't remember it. It's, it's some weird creature. Uh, but we stabbed it a lot to death with uh, magic and daggers and arrows. 
And then, uh, yeah, we continued on kind of following this trail that we believed was the girls. We weren't sure. And we came around a corner in one of these pathways and discovered a, a large cook fire and something massive stooped over it, kind of baking these pies. And, of course, our sneaky rogue approached, uh, unfortunately had a, a bad trip over some stuff that exists in caverns and mines, and this thing lunged at Story, bludgeoning her very badly. And a fight ensued. We killed this large creature with a weird pumpkin head and discovered that it was some sort of magic construction to which we uh, broke the mystical seal on it, hopefully killing it for good and releasing the soul that was trapped within it. And then did some real intensive searching through these uh, dwarf pies that I I don't think really needs to be repeated. They weren't full-size pies. They were dwarf pies. Dwarf pies. I was referring to them as pies made of dwarves, but yeah, sure. Dwarf it works pies. both ways, really. <laughs> it works both ways. <laughs> um, but yeah, we continued our search, discovered a, lar- a tunnel blocked off by a large pile of detritus and junk, and within discovered the girl, Sirna, that we've been looking for. She was pretty scared and banged up, but with a little coaxing and kindness, we uh, brought her and... The, the dwarf miner that kept her safe, though the dwarf miner did not make it, uh, free from the cavern and began our journey back to town to return this girl to her grandparents. Really played on the heartstrings of the parents in the audience. Yeah. As we closed, you opened up the door, light streamed in. And then we faded to black for the evening. So you guys were heading back to town. And I'm assuming going straight. It's probably going to look a little weird. You guys haven't like really done any like healing or resting or anything. So you get a lot of strange looks. Yeah, I assume we all look pretty rough. Yeah, I mean, you walk into town, you're all bloodied, covered in rotten. Jigger's not too bad. Just a side note. One really good, Doing pretty good. dragonborn and one really not good bird. Hey, hey to be fair... Most of a bird, kind of a bird. In D and D fourth edition terms, Quill would be bloodied. <laughs> he's he's doing pretty rough too. Several of you are banged up. You're all covered in stinky, nasty, rotten pumpkin guts. We did, I believe, we did get prestidigitationed a little bit for that uh, aspect of things. Did you after the jack-o'-lantern? Oh, no, the jack-o'-lantern didn't do that, though. Yeah, we, we got we got ourselves spiffied up after getting gooed on. It's not between everything that's in the mine is still on us. Yeah, that's fair. Anyhow, so you come into town. And you, like I said, you don't look great. And you have this very filthy girl that's just chilling a lot of strange looks as you guys enter the town with this little girl that is well known and you kind of weave your way and you're kind of gathering this little bit of a following and i mean to be fair we're also carrying a dead body 
Oh, I forgot about the dead body. That's right. <laughs> it was a minor, right? Yeah. Yep. The adult minor. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Words. Yeah. Like I said, as you weave your way through the buildings of town, you start collecting people here and there. No one's really approaching because you're not well known here, but the little girl is. She might be filthy. Her hair is pretty matted down with dried blood. She's. I don't know. Did you press to digitize her mm -hmm. too? I did actually. Probably yeah, would I have. Cleaned I would everybody assume. up with some press yeah. digitation. Yeah, I do remember that at the tail end, he was Ziggert made a kind of big deal. From I mean, it didn't fix people's bleeding gashes, but it tidied everybody up a little bit. <laughs> oh, I, I, I totally forgot about that. So I am gashed. <laughs> but not bloody gaping wounds, but not filthy. So there's that. And you approach the house, walk up to the front door. Are you guys just going to kick the door in? Cause that's kind of Ziggurat's thing, right? No, he doesn't kick doors in. He knocks. He politely knocks with a, with a dwarf body on my shoulder. And you hear some, noises from inside and eventually the door before they open the door i do step aside so that they can see story and the little girl i am conscious of that i'm glad you said that because that was going to be a thing okay yeah so the door opens up and it is the grandmother that opens the door as soon as she sees Sphirna, her face just melts. She's just over the moon with emotion. Tears are streaming down her eyes. She just runs out, wraps her arms around Sphirna, and just breaks down. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. She turns and she goes, Pa, Pa, get out here. Sphirna's back. You're thundering down the steps. Dory very carefully takes her dagger back from Smyrna before she's with her grandparents. <laughs> Just accidentally stabs her grandma. <laughs> the grandfather runs out, wraps both of them in a great big hug, and then glances up and just out of the corner sees Zigrit with a dead dwarf on his shoulder. Oh, um, don't want me. Yeah, just look. We rescued your daughter as she was with the miners. This is what we assume to be an elder or leader of the miners. We would take him back to his mining guild, but we wanted to make sure Sphina got here. He protected your, your granddaughter. He did. From the thing that was in the mine. And just very stern and serious. Like he's. You can tell there's a lot of bottled and pent up emotion there, but he's masking it very well. He goes, just one moment, please. And he walks back into the house and comes out with a small purse of gold and hands it to Ziggurat. Can you can you please make sure that his burial costs are covered any anything left over, please take it 
for yourselves. I just, I know I had a lot of reservations, but thank you. If he has any family in town, we'll see that they see a share as well. Well, of course, his burials will be covered. And he sticks his hand out. I, my hand, it envelops his whole forearm, basically. And I just grip it slightly with my, I think, four fingers and shake it gently. This was very good of you to do. Much appreciated, I'm sure. Um, please let us know if there's anything we can do for Svena. Um, she's very brave. The wife looks up for a moment. She goes, I just, I have, I have one, I have one other thing. And she goes, Pa, can you, can you please go and grab the wrapped package from underneath our bed? And he nods and walks inside. And she turns to you. I see that you've been through a few things. You obviously have noticed my husband is not keen on magic. Yes, I I do hope that maybe this helps change that opinion slightly. I, I would hope, but I doubt it. However, one of the reasons that Sphirna's mother is not with us anymore was there was a falling out in the family. And there is a small group of magic users in town that try to stay under the notice of the townsfolk. My sister is one of those and quite the alchemist. If if you could tell her that I sent you and she gives you directions to a warehouse somewhat located near the Gilded Pig, she might be able to help you out with some supplies. I know they're hard to come by. Will do. Um, we uh, didn't have a kitchen name. Yes, supplies would very much help us on our journey. Thank you uh, very much for that. As the old woman is trying to think of her name, Story is creating general havoc with the child and some ball bearings. Little havoc, not general. Her name is Talia. And just about at that point, the husband comes back down, carrying a nondescript bundle that's wrapped in burlap. And he hands it to Talia. And she goes, this has been handed down in my family for generations. Before things fell apart between my family, with everything that's gone on. My grandmother gave this to me. She was a bit of an adventurer herself. I don't know exactly 
what kind of properties it has, but I I know she said it aided her in her adventures, but I want you to have it. And she passes it over and unwraps it. And this beautiful cloak is uncovered. And it seems to be just covered in tiny, tiny little feathers of various sizes and colors. Dory's intrigued. And they seem to shimmer a little bit as the light catches it. It feels very nice. Thank you. Story's real close to it. Thank you very much. Um, Zigrid accepts the gift and noting Story's gaze, hands it off to Quill to say, um, we'll, we have the means to identify this and whatever the uses are, um, this is very much appreciated. For the record, we would have done this without your gift, but we don't want to turn down your hospitality either. Thank you. And I hand it off to Quill. So Quill can identify it. That's why. Yes. And, uh, and your sister's name so that we know her. Fisher. Thank you. Can you spell that? T-R-I-S-H-A. Oh, Trisha. I missed the... T- I heard tissue, so... I heard Fisher. Okay. Uh, Fisher. Fisher. Look, Fisher Prost. The whole family just blows their nose on her. What? Uh, we're in Crabragoon. We're in Gragoon. Okay. <laughs> yes, we're in Ragoon. You, you named these towns. You knew what was coming. It's how I remember it. Well, no, like Steve should know better. Oh, he should, <laughs> but he doesn't. I give a quick hug to the little girl. One last time, she buries her face into your feathers. Oh no, Steve! Oh no! And then she looks over at Quill, gives him a big hug. No, natural inquisitiveness is is good for you, but uh, be careful and stay out of trouble. And she grabs Pa's hand and Grandma's hand, walk back into the house. One last glance over her shoulder at you guys before the door closes. As she glances back over... Um, I make sure to hide a dagger where she can see it. <laughs> I love that. She winks. Door shuts. End scene. <laughs> <laughs> this log feels very nice. I think we'll, uh, yeah. But first, more important things. Let's, uh... Uh, st- story points at her gashes. First, we have a body to hand off. Yeah, we have someone who needs proper burial rights. I'll make sure no bar fights break out when we head to the tavern. Is that you fine? Who does this dead dwarf belong to? I mean... (laughs) (laughs) We... Kicks the door open, throws him on the ground in the middle of the bar. 
What we have here is a dead dwarf. <laughs> we head to the tavern uh, that the... The gilded pig? Yeah. Uh, the gilded pig that the, yeah, the green pig miners were at. Quill's going to ask Sigurd to wait outside with the body. <laughs> just, just to recap for anyone that might be listening that's not familiar with the gilded pig... The Gilded Pig is a themed bar and restaurant. I don't know <laughs> if you all remember that or not, but yeah, I remember our experience and, in TGIF. And when I mean themed restaurant, it is like the tackiest of tacky, like cheap, cheap yellow paint in the shape of pigs. Giant brass plaque outside in the shape of a pig little pigs on the woodwork all the way around the trim and if there was anywhere in the world that story had to go other than to bed so she can heal it's this place quill had to apologize to his lizard because of this (laughs) that's how horrible this place is or awesome no it's how awful this place is uh, but yeah, uh, Quill, Quill will ask Sigurd to wait outside with the body, as might be uh, socially dis... Stand here in the middle of a public street with a dead body on my shoulder. No problem. Nori wants to go in. She's not going to be the one who can't talk and stay outside with the body. She's going in. I, I, I don't think it would be particularly great to bring a dead dwarf into the midst of half-drunk dwarves. I mean, that's fair. I'll just sit him down in the bench here, put my arm on him, and sit right next to him. Put sunglasses on him. Ah, ah, yes, a weekend at Bernard's. Thank goodness. Finally, we get to do this. I know that play. Oh, that'll... uh, When the playwrights came through, they showed that play to us, too. So who's actually walking in, then? It's Quill and Story? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you walk in. Do we see those, like, that same troop? It's probably been a while. They might not be here. You step in, and you do see a group of dwarves wearing similar colors, um, similar garb, that are at the same table. They have the same drinks. You only see, like, one or two. You don't see the, like, obnoxiously drunk one that you saw before. The one with the actual information. That everyone thought was just spouting <laughs> UFO stories. He was crazy still. I mean, <laughs> he was crazy. Fair, he was heavily intoxicated. I mean. Okay, but are, are you paranoid if they're actually after you? <laughs> it's true, yeah. Is that a conspiracy theory if it's true? <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as you step in... You see a new, I believe it was a halfling behind, or no, this one was a gnome, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes, there was a gnome behind the bar in a nice shirt with a yellow pig on it. It says, hi, welcome to the Gilded Pig. Can I give you guys some appetizers to start things off? Yes. Uh, actually, did, did, did you just order appetizers for us? Yes. That sounds great. Can I get you guys a round of drinks, Uh, too? We're we're actually here on business. Um, We we have a... There's there's a... There should be a mining company that comes in here regularly. We we 
for me to speak with them. Now, why don't I get you a table right next to them, and then I can tell you all about our brand new mixed drink, the Snorter. Uh, story writes down, because what was it that, what was the appetizer here before? Oh my god, what was there? There was, um, <laughs> you, you, it was like a cheese. You made this monster, you have to remember these. <laughs> I did, oh my god. Yeah, I should have written those down. I should have known with this crew that they would ask me. <laughs> well, Story writes it down and, and says, can you deliver? We have a friend outside out front. Scratches out. We have two friends outside out front who would like an order of that of the appetizer and the special drink. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. I'll show them over to our outdoors eating area. Why do I get the distinct feeling that I hate this place? Oh, I'm really sorry. Would you like to speak to a supervisor? No, I really wouldn't. I just, I would like to, I'd, I'd like to speak with the people we're here to see and to exit this place as quickly as possible, please. Story hugs the server and then follows Quill. And story, you don't even notice, but suddenly, like, you feel a slip of paper in your hand, and it's Please it's actually us. like a survey. Please, and, like, me. how are we doing? Card. <laughs> she fills it out on the way. They kidnapped my family. Fives, tens, whatever. Five stars. Ten out of ten. Will recommend. If I don't wear twenty pieces of flair, they'll <laughs> kill my family. <laughs> It's actually like a th- version of the written version of the thieves cant around mm-hmm. the edges. <laughs> no, anyhow. Story corrects the grammar. <laughs> so yeah, you're seated at the table right next to this group. Quote gets up and uh, excuse me, uh, gentlemen. Uh, we uh, is that uh, is that fellow of yours that told us about uh, the weird lights with you? Uh, no, I, I think he's working today. Okay. Um, he, a story, you had a map. Uh, if you could grab that. Uh, he actually pointed us to a mine. We were looking for uh, whoever owns that mine and the miners company that works it. Story writes down, y'all should have listened to him. He was right. They point out on this map, on the outskirts of town, a larger residence where the owner of the mine lives. Thank you. And uh, I don't know how much, how far this will go. And we'll set a piece of gold down the table. A round of drinks for you. He, he was correct. There were things out there. It, they tried to kill us. And they freeze for a second, just look at you like. What? Or he points yes, back uh, to her note. Uh, that's not a joke. No, he, he was correct. There were things out there that tried to kill us. We actually found uh, Sierna trapped in those mines. And she was hiding with uh, one of the miners who had passed away from injuries. There were things in there that Horrible squashes distorted by magics, evil, foul things. 
Sorry, writes down the dwarf's name because she totally remembers it and asks, does he have family? He protected the girl. He did not protect himself as well. We don't know. No, we didn't. He was dead. I don't think we, we know the dwarf's name. Yeah, we, we asked the girl. The girl did told, not tell Sphere not told us. Somebody didn't huh. write it down because she's brilliant. But she did. I didn't write it down because he's dead. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, because that was one of my questions to get her to trust me a little bit was what was his name? Uh, hey, DM, what was his name? Let me look through my notes and see if I can find that. You are well taken notes. Because he was dead, so I didn't think I'd need to remember it. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, this is one of those dead. moments where Why I was like, I'm not going to need to remember this dude's name. He's dead. They're just going to leave him in the mind for someone else to clean up. And then, nope, we're bringing him back. Okay. Nope. <laughs> so it's, yeah, Steve running a game is like the perfect precursor for me to gain all the important knowledge I need to know about running a game for you two. <laughs> like, hey. Even if someone's dead, I should still care about their name. You need to write those names down. Indeed, who bothers with notes? So, Bobbert, does he have family? He protected the girl? Bobbert, that's the owner's nephew. Thank you for that. Uh, We have his body. We brought it back with us. Uh, We'll see it gets to him. And that proper rights are paid for, for his burial. He did more than deserves that. Appreciate that. Um, and they look very concerned. Where he's a few minutes ago, they were kind of kidding around and stuff. And then, serious about all the weird lights and stuff? Don't we work the night shift? Uh, we, we killed much of it. Uh, there was a, a cursed creature in there that we slow. And it shouldn't be a bother anymore. Uh, we personally, I don't think we we have more important business. I would still hire an adventuring group or people with strong stomachs, some guards from town to just clean the place out quite thoroughly. Yeah, it's it's quite disgusting in there. One leans over and goes, "I don't feel like we get paid enough for this." You don't. I think we need to unionize, guys. You probably don't get paid enough for that. Best of luck to you. Enjoy that round of drinks. Thank you for the information. Then they all seem to remember the gold coin at the same time. And they just all of a sudden they're just pounding their drinks. Barky, one more. I really on the way out, I really want to tell the server uh, they, they'll pay for those appetizers. <laughs> But I don't. Oh, no. Story's waiting for her appetizers. She's tracked down the the waiter and said, I need them to go now. Oh, God. I don't want to wait here. Sure. Can I interest you in a dessert? Yes. All while Ziggert is still waiting outside for you yokels. (laughs) Nice spending money I don't have. (laughs) Yeah, there's appetizers coming and a drink. For each of you. With a dead body. <laughs> yes. There's appetizers and drinks for two coming out. In my head, I see Zigrit sitting and then being like guided to this outdoor seating area. 
and then the appetizers and this big fruity drink with like a pig snout sticking out of it comes and then he looks at the dead body looks at the food <laughs> and just starts eating please no make him play it out yes deception rolls in my head that's what's happening he he would probably be sitting at the bench somebody would come out and he'd say um thanks look could you tell my friends here um we're a little short on time uh Perhaps not order any dessert or anything on the way out the door. Quill will read it with like Quill not seeing what's going on. Wait, story, you're are you ordering dessert to go? Go. Okay. Oh, God. I'll be outside with Sigrid. You get your food and Yeah. Just kind of staffs his way out the door. <laughs> I really I hate this place. She signs behind him. Do you have four hit points? No, you have more. <laughs> Thank goodness I don't see that. <laughs> or hear it. Or hear it, yeah. The server starts going over the dessert options and then says, but we do have a special today. It is a five-layer triple chocolate cake with just a little bit of chocolate ganache on top. Sold. Yes. She's ordering dessert in there. To go. She goes in back. About ten minutes later, comes out with just like the most decadent giant cake that story has ever seen. But is it like in a to to go? Is it? It's to go. It, imagine like a wooden clamshell, because obviously a styrofoam yeah. is not a thing. Except for instead of being a full clamshell, it's just like the top. <laughs> and she's just like carefully carrying it out. How much do I owe them? Uh, for the appetizers, the cake, the drink, it is seven silver and 15 coppers. We're running a special today. So eight silver and five coppers. <laughs> Except for they don't say it that way. Oh, God, why? This place is awful and I hate it. Story gives them two gold, pats them on the head and takes her her appetizers and the cake. Don't support this business, please. Quill and Zigrid, uh, as Story walks out with this massive chocolate cake, you hear bells ringing in the background. Thank you for coming. Oh. A very happy bird coming out with a big oath. She would have had to steal a couple forks. She would have stolen three forks. So, where do we go now? I was hoping we would be able to catch up with the miners that were there and perhaps send off the body for proper burial. Um, trying to be respectful that there's a dead body here, slowly rotting <laughs> when it needs to be properly, uh, you know. Story sets down her cake and goes, I'm trying to be respectful of I'm almost a dead body. <laughs> they pointed us uh, finish it off for you. <laughs> pointed us towards the owner of that mine. Uh, apparently this miner in particular is their nephew. So we'll uh, head over there, uh, tell them how messed up their mine is, and hopefully we can kind of knock all this out at once. Right. Well, 
uh, I suppose, lead the way. Right then. Story, lead the way. Story's leading the way while eating cake. Massive chocolate cake. And every once in a while getting the, like, you know, you get too much sweet, and then she goes and gets the, like, savory, salty... What is that? What does that smell? It smells like poison. Did Sigrid drink the umbrella drink with the pig snout sticking out of it? Mm-mm. Nope. Still sitting there. You, you don't? You didn't want the snorter? Nope. <laughs> Dory thinks about how very rude her companions are. It's like a Bloody Mary with, like, a pickled pig snout sticking out of it. <laughs> oh. You're you're eating a five layer chocolate cake next to a cat. <laughs> I just want to point out how how quickly <laughs> that would kill me. She also ordered appetizers. That's that's true. So how fast does Story eat this cake? Like, is it gone by the time they get there? Well, she's almost dead, and she's not being allowed to go to sleep for good reason. Yeah, we we got a good reason. For good reason, but, you know, she's a little stressed out. I, I feel like if she eats the whole thing by that point, though, she should do a constitution save. See if she... No, because she's going to try to feed it to, to at least cigarette. I think that Quill is big enough that chocolate wouldn't <laughs> affect him. You, you, he also described this as a very large piece of cake. <laughs> yes. Maybe just the taste. Just want to look at something real quick. And cigarette is very large. Well, yeah, cigarette would be fine. I don't know about Quill. She swiped three forks. Can you do a persuasion check? Yes. To see if you can convince cigarette. I also just love the fact that uh, she she's used to there it is. She's used to dead bodies. 17. Uh, what am I doing? A, a wisdom saving throw against that? Yeah. Okay. Secret eats your damn cake. <laughs> yes! <laughs> the sixth. And then both of you need to do a constitution saving throw to see if you get indigestion. Well, 14. 13. Yeah, you both save. Good. You feel very full and your stomach's uncomfortable, though, <laughs> and you feel a little gassy. Yeah. Luke, story. Thank you for thinking of me. Just, it's a little, you know, what we saw wasn't quite ready. I just wanted pumpkin pie, you know? Pumpkin pie would have been better. After all of the pumpkins we killed, we'll go for pumpkin pie later. We should have gone somewhere else then. Anyway. I, I still think you... That sounds so disgusting. Those things. It was in my mouth. Story tries to hand him, like, I'm guessing, like, bacon-wrapped sausage. Like, Well, we should probably take care of this miner. Um, you're not the ones having to carry him around, so let's... Uh... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry. Let's, let's finish this up. Let's get this miner where he belongs. Let's just get us to a... A bed, preferably not at the Gilded Pig. Yeah, right. Dory walks away and kicks a rock. <laughs> I'm, I'm very much of the mind. I'm also in, in quite a large deal of pain. And uh, I, just, I just want to be done with this day. It's great that we saved that little girl. 
But uh, this, this, this time has kind of sucked. Yeah. It's been rough. Anyway, we make our way over to the owner of the mines mansion estate thing. Office. But where did they point out to us? It would have been on the outskirts of town, sort of. Office, house, estate. If you're going to the estate, that would be on the outskirts of town to the northeast in the direction of where the mine was. If you wanted to go to an office, that would be more downtown. Okay, so where would what time of day is it again? Um, I think at this point we said after all of the bustling about in the mine, it was morning and then tack on a few hours, like an hour or two. Okay, so we would be going downtown. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And Story, can you do a perception check for me? 19. Actually, 19 this time. Not misunderstanding rules, 19. So as you're traveling through the streets of Ragoon, again, you see these tough guys loitering about in livery that looks official, but they hold themselves in such a way that... They look rather threatening and intimidating. They don't look like a traditional gang like what you're used to. But it seems like they might have some sort of racket going like. It seems less than at face value. I still wait to tell the guys. Is it is it normal for your bones to hurt when you're adventurers? I mean, yeah, I was one time we were out. Um, getting some meat before the winter, and I uh, fell off one of the watchtowers. Um, didn't break anything, but bones hurting. Yeah, if I mean you took a good hit there, Quill. That's why chocolate cake. Right. True. We have to talk about your childhood, don't we? It's it's real messed up. <laughs> Thank you. Are we are we at this uh this, this office story? Yeah, and you guys would have probably made it there by now. Yeah, sure. Ragoon is a larger town than you guys have seen so far, and it's certainly very bustling, but it's still not like geographically huge. It's dense. And you make it to downtown, you find the directions, and then Story, you do happen to notice some of those tufts are trailing you a little ways behind. They they don't seem like they're aggressively following you, but they're keeping tabs on you. Well, I mean, we are carrying a dead body. At this point, she is going to write a note that says, first, in very, very big letters, don't react. We're being followed. It's probably just the dead body. And shows it to, like, tries to sneakily show it to Ziggurat. Ziggurat sees it and then says it over to Quill. Same thing. Uh, or um, stories caught on that we're being followed. I am carrying a dead body, so perhaps it's normal. Fair point. Carrying a dead body <laughs> and normal... <laughs> Shouldn't be necessarily in the same sentence. 
it's, it's normal that the body, the fact that he's carrying a dead body is drawing attention. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's get to this office. Let's remove ourselves from, you know, any questions of why we have a dead dwarf in our hands. Uh, Are we just going to set up the dead dwarf in the lobby? No, no. We should just take it with us. Like a sack of potatoes? And I'm holding him more respectfully, not like a flour sack over the shoulder, but like, you know, cradling his body as we go through. So it's a little, not so, you know, careless. Story writes down, I'll stay with the body this time. An office isn't nearly as interesting as the gilded pig. We probably could bring the body right with us. I mean, we get down to the cut of the jeep when we get in there. It is the guy's nephew. Yeah, which is why we probably should just be straight. Why don't we send somebody in first? Yeah, yeah, I... All right, well, I'll be the one to go in if you want to. That's fair. Or I'll keep the body with you. Go for it. We can we can stay with the body, and you can broach this subject. Okay. Who has the highest charisma? That's sacred by a long shot. Yeah, so we we sent him. <laughs> then again, speaking on a on a uh, you know experiential basis, Sigrid is he doesn't roll real good <laughs> <laughs> from time to time. It's true. There, there's that, and I mean, there's also the fact that while Zigrit might be very charismatic, <laughs> his naivete shines a little bit. This is also true, but you know, he can he can he can talk his way out of things still. Well, we have we all we all have things that we're naive about. But his charisma score isn't eighteen. He's a he's a sorcerer, so yeah. I mean, it's wicked. Wicked pretty. Where are you guys leaving the body? We're staying with the bodies. Storing in Quill. What's what's it look like as we go up to the up to the the office? That's true. What does this building look like? Yeah. So I mean, it it is a office for a mining operation. So it's in a larger building. Is it like a compound or is it just a like a, a front like a? building with a front door kind of thing so it's a series of storefronts okay and it seems like there's business offices all along this um and it seems like maybe not necessarily this didn't start out as one building but space is so tight here that there's not any space between the buildings they literally just built on top of each other and next to each other and all you do see is just a sign with the name of the mining company next door to it. Very near is another sign for a different business. It's not flashy or anything like that. It's just a plain wooden carved sign that looks like maybe somebody just burnt the name and insignia of the mining company and to make it more visible. All right. I set the body down. I'm assuming there's like a barrel or something outside and just kind of set it down gently. All right, you two keep an eye out here. Um, watch out for the people that was following us. 
going to head inside and just um, have a chat. I'll be quick. Hopefully we can get someone out here soon. Quill will uh, snap his fingers and bring out Rava. I think eyes might be better for this. I'll be right back. And I head inside. All right. So, Ziggurat, as you enter into this business office, essentially, you see a small clerk's desk, like a tall one with a tall stool. Sitting at it is a nondescript clerk. And they have a long feathered quill and are writing. As you approach, they look up and say, Can I help you? Um, yeah. Is it possible to talk to the owner of the mine? Uh, yes. Do you have an appointment? So, one of the mines of yours, it's, um, was overrun by, it's going to sound weird, by cursed pumpkins. Um, Listen, there was a pretty much a massacre with the miners. Um, we happen to be looking for a girl named Sphina who often hangs out with your company, um, the Green Green Picks. And uh, in our efforts to find her, we discovered that the entire shift of miners, they're dead. And we dispatched the whatever it was, the beast that was in there, um, Sphina was alive, but um, the rest of the miners weren't there. There was one miner in particular who uh, seemed protected her. Um, and we actually have his his body. We we brought it back with us. And it it would be good to speak with the owner of the mine. I think. Uh, yeah, I'm just a little skeptical. Did you say cursed? Pumpkins? I did. Um, probably the, well, second weirdest thing I've seen in a while. The clerk just pauses for minutes. Third weirdest. I told him subleasing the area around the mine was a bad idea. Mm. No, we can lease it out to a farmer. Mm. It's a wasted space. But no... Didn't listen to me, did he? No. A pumpkin farmer, I take it. Yeah. Well, um, the farmer needs to know his crop is not going to be yielding very high this fall. Um, and you have dozens of dead miners, uh, in addition to probably the one out here who needs a special burial for what he did for the little girl he protected. Clerk just puts hand in his head. We haven't heard from the miner in about a week. Uh, we'll, uh, and you won't be. And I bet we're not going to get paid if the crop is lost either. Yeah, you leased it. Let me get the boss. Right. But you're going to tell him. It's fine. I'm happy to. So, so Story, I've been trying to train Rava to like kind of direct me I don't know if you, uh, you, you're good at training, but, uh, Rava, Rava, can you, you point me in Story's direction? Right. That's great. Yep. Nope. Okay. Well, that's, that's, 
see, it's it's I'm trying to get better at this. And do you know how to work with Lizard's story? You're muted. The bane of our existence. No, the bane of our existence is the yappy dog and the teenager. Yeah, that's also Trent's fair. They're not the bane of my existence. I love them both very much. Oh, wait, neither one of them is down here. Yeah, headaches, both of them. Um, worth, I mean, I have an animal handling of plus two. <laughs> some training, that's, that's better than I have. Um, can, you, can you maybe give Rava some pointers, just like, you know, like teach Rava directions, maybe? I, I'm pretty keen on those. <laughs> so, uh, Story is gonna pull out... Um, some whatever meat she has. We assume that that's what the lizard eats, yes? Yeah, meat. Okay. Um, yeah. And plays with him for a little bit on the, on the dead body? Near the dead body. Probably near the dead body would be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, near yeah. the dead body's probably um, <laughs> Also taking every chance she can to, like, look at guys and look inconspicuous while she's training a lizard near a dead body. What should I roll? I mean, if, if, if you're working with Rava, probably just animal handling would be fine. Okay. But as you're kind of keeping an eye on these guys, it's clear that they are definitely following you at this point. They've kind of stopped and they're trying to look nonchalant, but they keep glancing over. And one of them is whirling his billy club. So after that 19, which I'm sure is able to make some connection with Rava. Yes. Yes. You have to explain what the roles end up being. So with a 19, you think to yourself, oh, let's do some positive reinforcement. That's worked well with the other animals that I've trained in the past or worked with. And every time you say a word, Bravo looks in one direction, give her a little piece of meat, just wiggles, wiggles so excitedly every time and picks up very fast. Every time I have Quill say Rava. Yes. I am also as, you know, at some point, because I also know how to train dogs in real life. um, When I set Quill and Rava up to do something on their own, I thieves can't at the guy with the billy club. What do you want? Which is probably what. Want what? Which is what it is in. He does not appear to be keeping that close an eye on you that he notices that you're trying to communicate with him. Real shitty at following people. All right. It's a little bit of her inner monologue. Like, why? He's a bit more obvious than you are used to. If this is really like a legitimate organized operation. So she at this point is going to very obviously go to the next person want what and again they're just kind of talking to each other but glancing over to you occasionally she's being very obvious that she's watching them now the larger one just stares you down for like a solid two minutes at this point he's he's not even trying to be subtle he's just staring at you guys yeah so she thieves can't how can i help you Whatever that version is. Do an intelligence roll for just straight intelligence. Oh, God, these guys are dumb. 
I'm, I'm worried about it. Oh! It's a five. Yeah, you don't get why he's not replying back. Teaching a lizard is a lot of work. So she goes back a little bit and then sets them up with the next thing that they should try to do. And Where's the closest one? He's literally, you know, 40 feet away across the street and up it a little bit from the direction. So is it just the two guys? Just two guys, as far as you can tell right now. Okay. Uh, next time he looks away, I'm going to stealth out of their sight. We're going to pin it and we're going to go back inside for now. Walks just around a partition and you hear some muttering back and forth. And then in elderly dwarf walks around the corner what what can i help you with i give him the whole lowdown again pretty much the same thing that i told her mine overtaken by boogie pumpkins and all that jazz dead miners uh we have one of them outside would like to give him a proper respectful burial with honors my my nephew Thank you. Pumpkins. Yeah, it was weird. All things. Mm-hmm. For what it's worth, he really did take good care of Sienna in there. Um, true uh, dwarf of honor there. Thank you. That's that's good to know. Um, I'll I'll send word to my my brother. Um, if you could have your friends bring him in, I'll. I'll see to it that the priests prepare him for burial. And we do have, um, well, Svena's grandparents also offer to pay the burial costs too. So um, we'll pass that along. It's the least they felt they could do. I, I appreciate that. And given, given the situation and how much of a loss we're facing, I'm, I'm afraid I may have to take them up on that. Even though it hurts to have to accept it. I mean, it's always good if I could, um, whether you have money or not, letting them give their thanks is probably the best thing to do anyway. And this is the way um, they're thanking you. I, I appreciate that. Well, um, I'll pick my head outside, uh, bring my compatriots in, and uh, we'll make sure it's taken care of. So just one moment. And I open the door and peek outside. You see Story and Quill working with Rava. And, and left. Yeah, we did it. Good, good. Now Rava, right. Mates. Mates. <laughs> Let's um, bring... Uh, our friend in Sart here. Um, yes. I've explained him everything. It, Quill, if you want to, as we come in, hand him the, the coin from uh, Svena's grandparents too. And then can you roll a perception check for me, Sigrid? Oh, yeah. And Quill? 19. That's a popular number tonight. Yeah, I do, see do, that. Do, 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 perception. Uh, 24 total for my perception. 13. So both of you 
just as Ziggurat pops his head out, notice that Story just ducks around a corner. She's following the people that tailed us then? Uh, she didn't say anything, I assume so. She she did mention that they're oh, right. there. Um, but let's get this. Well, let's make it quick and yeah, head out back and um, take care. See what those people are following us for. Burial rights in your town, how much uh, do they cost? Gold and five silver should suffice. Okay. Uh, pull out. Uh, how much was in that purse? Uh, there's 20 gold. 20 gold? Uh, pulls out five gold. Kind of feeling them and puts them into the dwarf's hand. Uh, that should be enough for respectful burial for him. Thank you. That should that should cover internment and um, sending word back to his family. Does does he have uh, spouse children? No, no. Um, oh, okay. Not yet. Uh, then uh, we our companion. Actually, do you? There's some ruffians. Uh, our friend pointed out to us clubs. Ama, what's their deal? They're they're here. Uh, she said they were outside. It's about fifty feet away, looking like they don't care. I guess nonchalant. Uh, Ziggurat, do a perception for me. Seven or ten, I mean. And do you you have Rava out? You said. Jen? Yeah. Uh, go ahead and do a perception with the disadvantage for me. Okay. A 12 total. So both of you notice he seems to stiffen a little bit and he seems very tense. He goes, um, I'm. I would suggest that you two leave. Oh, uh, sorry if we brought any trouble your way then in that regard. I will be leaving. Thank you. Uh, I, I do recommend you send some armed guards or something to clean the rest of mine out. We cleared much of it, but there may be more pumpkins things as i i appreciate that but you do need to leave now yes uh, sorry have a good day he ushers you out the door and then as soon as the door closes you hear it barred from the inside uh well suddenly getting a bad feeling about this yeah me too um look do we leave or do we intervene uh, where is Story? I mean, Story's gone. So. Pop over to Story. That's a great time for it. Story, you duck around the corner of the building. And as far as you can tell, they do not seem to have noticed that you've ducked out. Um, How tall are the buildings? 10, 15 feet tall. Single story. No pun intended climbable especially from the back where there's you know stuff probably leaned up and stacked against the building she climbs the hell out of one of those buildings just for funsies doing acrobatics we'll see if you can do like a flip up on top of the building or something damn 27 okay i don't know gymnastics terms but you do like a triple backflip with a three quarters twist on top of the building without being seen. Plus nine. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah I did. 
That is very yeah. impressive. You see now why every time he's like doing this check, I'm, I'm like acrobatics. <laughs> Do you mean acrobatics? <laughs> You're on top of the building. These guys still have not glanced back over to see that you're missing and that. Yeah, you're you're not where you were a second ago. Literally, the only thought in her mind is, what the hell are these guys doing? Who trained these fuckers? So you're just going to kind of sit and eyeball them for a minute. I'm going to try. So they're like down a ways and like across the street, across the street. I'm going to try to get behind them. And it would be very easy. These buildings seem to be like built almost on top of each other. Walls are basically touching. In some cases, literally are built off of the wall of the next building. You can basically walk from one rooftop to the next. So I get behind them. It's still only the two guys. Just the two of them. is. You don't see any others in sight. Okay. So I write down premeditated here what the fuck do you untrained mooks want and then i do a like flippy crazy cool stuff right down in front of them with the sign and it's flashy as hell both of them just grab their billy clubs have it at the ready and then kind of look at it you have a dead body in town we should be asking you what the fuck you're doing. Bringing the man's nephew to him to be buried. How else are you supposed to do that? Well, I mean, you could check with the constables in town. And then the other one leans in a little aggressively and goes. Maybe you should check your tone. Can't use a tone. Actually, writing in literature does have a tone. <laughs> does Story have to do a constitution check to make sure she doesn't snap and kill one of these fuckers? Is that a will save? That'd be a will save if you <laughs> wanted to do that. And at four hit points, that might be real interesting. It'd <laughs> be a bad idea. Uh, but it is clear on her face of, what the fuck? And so she writes down, so why didn't the constables take care of the missing child, the missing minors? They didn't pay us any money. So you're not constables? Sure we are. This is now just fucking insulting. She stares at both of them and walks the fuck away towards her friends. Uh, Ziggurat sees Story probably rounding a corner and like, Oh, let's see. Uh, walks up and kind of meets Story within talking distance of the. Um, She's pissed. The, yeah. Sigrid, as she walks across the street mm-hmm. back towards you, you see one of them run off. I might. Um, what's going on here? They're pretend cops. Right. What are you blokes following us for? You brought a dead body into town. I was and didn't pay the requisite fee. A fee. He's going to be buried. I was bringing a dead mana back who died, frankly, a hero and was just making sure he had the proper burial. He writes down, make with the fire and ice now. Right. My friend here says I should use fire and ice on you. 
Is it something you'd like to have happen? Go ahead and roll an intimidate check for me, please. Oh, that's my best roll. I mean, my best stat. <laughs> God bless. Good. Okay. It's cocked a little on my screen, but it's a. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because it's a digital dice and it's cocked, but it's a 23 because it says it's a 17. <laughs> Earlier tonight, I played with rolling new characters. I started looking at other species and stuff. I'm <laughs> glad I did that. Well, I did a 23 on the intimidation, so. So it's great. Good. Even Starry goes, ooh. Uh, when I do that, too, and I like to just flare a little bit of, uh, like, cold steam out of my nose when I'm using my intimidation, and I, I do so with this just to show that I can, I can indeed freeze them. As soon as that little puff of cold hits his face, he shrinks back a little bit, and his... Club drops a little. Be rational here. I could freeze a lot of you with one breath. I have not had a good day. Probably doing your job for you, mate. Um, be chill. No, don't be chill. Don't be chill. Just calm. Calm. Choice <laughs> words. And he's just backing away. Listen here. I'd like you to leave the green pick miners alone. And I'd like you to be on your way and leave us alone when we're in town. Backs up till he's about 15 feet away and goes, you haven't heard the last of us. And then he turns around and runs. As he's running away, I can hit you from much further away than that. (laughs) (laughs) And he kind of stumbles a little bit and then picks up even more speed. When he stumbles. (laughs) Story brings out a ball bearing and throws it at him. Give me an attack roll, please. How do you do just an attack roll? Where is that? Uh, Probably just be like a yeah. dexterity check. Okay. It'd be a, be a makeshift weapon if you're not trained in it. It'd just be a dexterity straight. I'm just throwing... I'm just trying to freak him out. Yep. 24. One damage. <laughs> So, I mean, technically, it would be 1d4. For a ball bearing? Wow. Isn't it? It's just an improvised weapon. Oh, yeah, that's true. It would yeah. be 1d4. So, I mean, just a ball bearing in the hands of a master. Now, to be <laughs> clear, you can denote that it's non-lethal damage. Oh, yeah, no, this is totally just to freak him out. This is non-lethal <laughs> Wait a second, Steve. We all we've all had a very clear understanding that ranged attacks can't delineate oh, from. Can't you though? No, I don't mind think you. you. Can. But yeah, I know magic. You can't. <laughs> right. Yeah, magic. You can't. And ranged weapons is a gray yeah, area. I don't know if they made a, like just from it. like, and I mean, GM rules. Whatever. Yeah. But, but- Shoot yeah, him exactly. In the leg. You go for a non-vital. Yeah, he's not area. aiming for and his roll, head. Like, Twenty-four. If it were yeah. like a, you know, just on the edge or something, we could make an argument that whatever. But with like something like a twenty-four, <laughs> it's pretty obvious. She's like hitting him in the ass cheek or something like that. You know? Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's got smart for a couple days, mind you. With this, you could kill Story <laughs> at this point. Don't try <laughs> yes, to maim him. Just maim him. Yeah, it's okay. Exactly. Just maiming him. Or get, just get him, like, right behind the knee where it really hurts. <sighs> yeah. 
That's but funny. not enough to like damage, but he's going to be limping for a day or two. So anyhow, he runs off. You're left with this door that is now barred. And now you've sort of created a scene. Did did you two just start something? Yes. Dory nods her head. Let's find some place to sleep. And she, she she writes down, I don't know if I've started something or just fast forwarded to the finishing of something. Listen, we've we've scared him enough here. Let's get out of here. Story you're probably on death's door here. Story is a little hyper vigilant on the way to us finding a inn. Uh, if we're being followed, and if we're being followed, we don't go to the near inn. We okay. stealth and go to another place. The DM is looking at my character sheet. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I need to. I need to look at the settings and see if I can turn that off. <laughs> <laughs> wait a second you should have access to it it's fine i just it was like yellow and huge it's like oh my. that is the eye is upon you looking at my yeah you guys are going to look for another inn not the gilded pig i mean they do have rooms please no please please no <laughs> right not the gilded pig right yes i haven't even talked about the rooms yet I don't want to. I don't care. It's, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> she writes down. It might be safer. It's like a race car bed, except for a giant gilded pig. No. Fine. Oh, no, thank you. I had a whole thing written up for that. I don't. I don't. It's, this place is terrible and it should be burnt to the ground. Pig sheets, pig comforters, oh pig God. shaped pillows. <laughs> Nah, we're gonna skip that. No. She does try she to get them back in that area, but as soon as they catch on, she you know she's trying to lose a tail while walking. It's a little harder, especially with two larger people. As you're looking around for another establishment, story you don't notice any tails. Like you do notice here and there one of these kind of tough guys. But they they don't seem to notice you. Okay, so word of how we look hasn't gotten around. This is a larger town. There are more like Hightower was predominantly humans. There's a lot more variety here that you can kind of blend in with. So I try to find a place where we could blend in. So as you're looking for an inn, you happen to find a small kind of hole in the wall in on the outskirts to the southwest of town literally just has a picture of a bed on it and said sleep for cheap oh yeah hotel three lap of luxury yeah because there's three of you yeah this looks like a good spot i guess um let's go inside and it doesn't make sense because there's more than three beds. I just want to make that clear. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Uh, story writes down, this is my world now. We pay extra to be here silently. Okay, makes sense. As you walk in, there is a 
very obviously half orc behind the counter. Mm. Hello? Hey. Sorry, waves. Need a place to stay? Uh, we do, discreetly. Mm. Discreetly is going to cost a little extra. All right. Roll me a roll me a wisdom check. Oh, wisdom. Well, wisdom check would have been a four then. Anybody like, else can we... roll one? We're just sure. is he persuading us or are we We're persuading him? It. He's persuading you. Uh, negotiating price. Sixteen wisdom. Sixteen natural twenty for a twenty-two. First, he pulls out the well. You know, if you want it discreet, it's going to be five gold per person. And then there's a little bit of a back and forth. So it's like, yeah, no, no. Hmm. And then you negotiate it down to about one gold per person, which is still kind of steep. But it's if you really don't want anyone to know you're there, it's probably worth it. Story hands over five and goes, it was cute that you tried. Or four. She hands over four. <laughs> Are we talking silver or gold? Sorry, gold. I missed that part. Gold. Damn. Story co- covered it. Inns are like coppers at night. Mm-hmm. Damn. Expensive. So he leads you past the front desk into a, essentially a large room with bunk beds. There's about 20 bu- beds here. He walks all the way to the end, turns, and you see a little alcove off to the side, leading down to the basement. He pulls a sconce off of a table, lights it, walks you down there, and you see a handful of beds. Your accommodations. Wow. This... I gotta say, it's actually very impressive. He goes, you just wait. He walks back up the stairs, snaps his fingers, and a solid wall appears at the top of the stairs. That was great. I can hear the fleas in this place. I mean... Is it a... Is it something that Story went, oh yeah, okay, because of her CD background that she would know that, like, okay, cool, this wall, or is this a... Did that fucker just close us in type situation? Go ahead and do a perception check for me. You don't know. She has a seven. Ziggurat just assumes it's an illusion. Ziggurat, with your background and Quill with his background, if they're noticing this, would realize that it's very likely that was that was his somatic component right there was snapping his fingers. This is an illusion. Story kind of freaks out a little bit, thinking there's a solid wall at the only fucking exit to this room. What the hell? Why is no one else freaking out? And she basically expresses that to her, her guys. It's hard to tell, but I assume it's magic. I mean, he snapped his fingers and the wall appeared. I, I don't think it's likely to be solid. She goes and touches it with a dagger. Soon as you touch it, you do notice your hand kind of passes through it and you can now objectively tell this is very clearly an illusion. She feels better now. She goes to bed. 
<laughs> she just like goes and and does the whole like walking and then falling on the bed. She still has the dagger in one hand. <laughs> Do you all go to bed? Um, no. As no, no. yeah, Ziggert uh, will just talk to Quill real quick and say, um, "Gotta say it was scary, but it was an exciting day." can't say I've used that many of my abilities in a day. Um, there's something. Story wakes up real quick, interrupts and goes, watch this. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm last this time. Yeah. And then lays back down. <laughs> I'll take first watch. Uh, before, before I bet down on that note, uh, you did use quite a lot of power today. Um, I'm going to give this back to you and, Quill hands back the potion that you gave him. Thank you. You are a bit more carefree. Cavalier. Cavalier, yeah. Um, I spent my whole life just using magic every day, you know? Yeah. It's an adjustment. That's not not the thing. Um, The reason why I'm like this is because of cavalier use of magic. Mm. The reason why I didn't want... When you asked me to to shoot you with a spell, and I had some troubles, is because of cavalier use of magic. I understand in the field things are different. That out in practical use, it is dangerous and... You can't always, you know, have the best head about you. But I want to feel safe with you, Zigrid. I want to feel that we can we can trust each other's magic to avoid collateral damage. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm sorry about hitting you with that spell and story, for that matter. I just assumed you were ready for it and I'm sorry you weren't I uh, am used to being around and no offense my parents are very powerful magic users and and mine are as well it's it's an adjustment and I am prepared for that but we are, you're big. You're a very big, big man, Sigrid. It's, you know, it's funny. It doesn't really sink in until I'm around. I mean, the elves, right, they're slightly taller. It, humans, not at all. Yeah, I'm, I'm big. But yeah, it's, we're kind of squishy. Hmm. And I, I've refrained from using some magic in times because I don't want to hurt anyone else that I don't specifically target. Yeah. I'm trying to, uh, to learn things that will help protect you and story that can avoid my personal issues. Appreciate it. But I, I need you. You are the biggest and toughest among us. You hold on to that potion. If either of us go down, I trust you to do the right thing. You can trust me. 
I came out here for you. I mean, honestly, myself too, but it was all started coming to help you. And I won't forget that. Thank you. Bear in mind, I, I'm going to go to bed too. I hurt a lot. Yeah. Uh, when you do end up on your watch, um, you should take some time to inspect that cloak. Maybe there's something there for you, a story, to help protect you both, one of you. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the time to look it over. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, good night. Huh? Yep. Wake me up when you need to. Will do. Okay, collapses into his own flea-ridden bed. <laughs> Take my watch, and I'm just kind of like fiddling with my wand. Um. <laughs> In story's almost asleep mind, she starts singing to herself. <laughs> he wants to know what trust is. And he wants you to show him. Yeah. Been holding that for like 30 seconds. It's been real hard. Cigarette's just spinning his wand around in his fingers. Um reflects on the conversation with with Quill about how he was, you know, reckless with his magic and ended up hurting his friends. Uh, yeah, so he takes his shift. Ziggurat, you take your shift. And you can hear people moving around upstairs. It's very clear that the gentleman at the desk is checking other patrons in for the night. Goes by uneventfully, however. No one seems to approach the wall, as far as you can tell, your shift ends. Who wakes up next? Or who do you wake up next? It was Quill taking second shift. They say, remember, Story still has a dagger in her hand. <laughs> it's Quill. Quill's taking <laughs> That's second shield shift. going. <laughs> so, Quill. Quill. Quill spends the requisite 11 minutes to identify the cloak. You have to roll for that, too, right? No. It just happens. Nope. Uh, I it's it's a very basic, straightforward like okay. what does cloak do? So if there's any special nuance you have to it, you don't want to reveal. You don't have to. So you choose one object, much touched throughout the casting. If it's a magic item or some other magic imbued object, you learn its properties and how to use them. That requires attunement to use and how many charges it has, if any. You learn whether any spells are affecting the item. And what they are, if the item was created using it by a spell, you learn which spell created it. And then if I touch a creature, I can I can learn what spells are affecting them, but I'm not, I'm not touching people. So, as you are looking this cloak over, you get the impression that this cloak was designed to draw attention to it. It's very flashy, hmm. but could easily be used as a distraction as well, if hung by itself. Okay. So once per day mechanically, you can draw all targeted creatures' gaze towards the cloak. Ah, uh, cool. A cloak of taunting. For three rounds. Oh, man. I just... Mm, did, I mean, I'm not... If you here. lie to Story about what that does and give it gives it to her, she will kill... It makes you completely people. invisible. You can, like, no attention at all drawn to you for three holes. <laughs> uh, metagaming here, but I just had, like, 
three different ideas of how useful that would be for Ziggurat to have that. Lots of useful things. Okay. I will I will socket that not that kernel of knowledge away for now. Uh, then Quill spends the rest of uh, his watch with Rava out and just silently back and forth notations of like and then left and then right and then left and then right and then point fingers point other fingers. I feel like at a certain point suddenly you're going to teach Rava the Macarena. <laughs> Getting these training drills these these training drills that are. Hoping Quill not point magic at friends. Looking over to where Story is, dagger still in hand. Quill, uh, Quill's gonna push. She's now wrapped around it, snuggling it. Quill's gonna push off, waking her up, and just take her watch for her. So, uh, if you would like me to add a stack of exhaustion, I can do that. A little bit. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> a tick of exhaustion. I think you roll. Did you get to heal any? All right. It might be a, I roll constitution yeah, I and then get a tick of exhaustion. Okay. Before you suffer any ill effects. That is a total of seven. And I think yeah. it's like a 10. So I'll, I'll still take that tick of exhaustion. Okay. So I've gotten a, a long rest. You've gotten a long rest. You know you're gonna hear it when you do finally wake her up. Well, you're gonna... S- well. Depends what she's throwing. <laughs> you're gonna feel it. That last watch goes uneventfully. Wake Story up. So if each... You get lectured by Story about how you need to sleep. But it's all in sign language and she's tired. So it's really like fast. Like it, it's I know I get this when I see, you know, actual deaf people signing and they signed like eight signs and you see two. I would imagine things are like that, oh, yeah. you know, you know, You're when only you, picking up here and there. Yeah. Yeah. You say something in Spanish and they go and you go, oh, shit. Um, that's what you're getting. Like a single word. Yeah. 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 It's beautiful. <laughs> Keep doing it. But like... I have no idea. <laughs> Sleep, waking up. Uh, you want breakfast? I can, yeah. Uh, just give me a little bit. I'll, I'll summon the servant. He'll, he'll get us some breakfast. We'll feel better. So you guys are just going to go about your mornings? Yeah. Since Zigrit and Story got their long rest. I did it. They'll be able to level up. But Quill will have to wait. I mean, is it possible we've got the inn in the room for the night all of a sudden quill goes you know what a nap a nap would be great really up to you guys you paid for the night do you want to pay for an additional time basically is what it comes down to hour i mean during the day probably there's probably going to be less demand during the day or maybe more really for a hidden room I mean, there's no hurry is the thing yep. where I'm sneaking like yep. story is going to exactly. tell yeah. the guys to wait. She's going to go up and kind of sneak out now that she knows it's not real and wait until like the room is clear and then go up to the guy and write him a note going, where can I go sneak and get some food? We need a mental health day. Whether or not we take that full day, I'm going to rent the room for the night again. Ziggurat actually probably would notice, uh, like, getting up 
like well i i guess does ziggert notice that uh quill is is tired i mean you could do a perception check does quill volunteer that information oh no oh story tattles on him 100 <laughs> percent. the other thing is Dude. you woke up quill yep. and he's still awake Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Story would tattle on him going, our team member didn't take his sleep. Because she knows you're only as strong as your weakest link. None of you are necessarily weak. Unless you ignore yourself. Everything's fine. Rava Rava was great. So, yeah, Ziggurat just looks at Quill and says, look, we had a tough day. Let's all rest. We're not in a hurry here at all. We could pay for a little extra time. It's it's really not a big deal. Why don't you get some rest? Oh, and true. Uh, I did. I looked at the cloak, and um, you're you're right. It would be pretty good for for story, or, or probably me. Do you want me to roll a deception check, please? I'm lying about this cloak. I'm not a bad person. Is Quill trying to die? Oh, fuck. No, I'm not trying to die. That's it. Oh, oh God. <laughs> I got an 11 on my inside. I'm, I'm being... Yeah, I'm not telling the whole truth about this cloak. I mean, you're not out and out lying, though, either, so... Uh, yeah, it's... Yeah, I'm not lying about it. So what is what is the cloak called so we can look it up? There is not really a uh, an item in traditional D&D 5th edition that does taunt effects because they don't really consider it a thing of value. But it is. It is but it is. Quill, I'm not... Um, I've been around magic items my whole life. It's... Really, what is it? I can tell you lied. It's... It's something you... It's flashy. It's big, it's beautiful, it draws the eye. Hover girl. <laughs> but uh, I don't think it's something we should use too often. It's dangerous. Listen, you've seen that ability where I can um, <laughs> disappear and reappear further away? No, I didn't actually. Wait, you have... I'm thinking I could use it. Did you use it recently? <laughs> you didn't see that. I did, oh. but I was on the other side of a side of a big cloud of smoke. No, I, I didn't see that. <laughs> so, um, anyway, this is actually something I could use, and um, it's for the benefit of the party. It, it would trust me. Uh, I don't want to put myself in danger any more than being seven feet tall would let me do but uh, this is something used in the right way uh this would actually be very beneficial unless you have a teleport spell yourself this could be something not, not currently useful. no oh uh, so i didn't know you had that um then in that regard yeah yes you might get better use out of this than i will well seeing as this name item doesn't have a name um we'll look it up and I'm going to dub this uh, the Peacock Cloak. Actually, that was what I had in mind, too. <laughs> so that works out oh, well. Nice. 
That's that's I was like shimmering. That's a terrible name, but um, I like that. Yeah, shut. shut your mouth. A voice booms from the sky. <laughs> I'm you're right. I'm going to go to bed. If you want to share what that cloak does with story, you can tell her. Um, I think she would be just as concerned with one of us using something that catches the eye. Did did you did you make um drag queen garb for my guys to wear? Because because Oh Zigrit will strut in this. What did you say? Um Taunt is called reading in the drag queen world, so just so you know, that's what you should call it. It's a big feathery cloak that gives you the ability to taunt people. Who goes back to sleep? <laughs> Eventually story comes back with uh, three less gold for the rooms for the beds again, and how much for breakfast? A couple silver. Couple silver. Story runs out, grabs food, comes back, distributes said food. You guys are sitting and eating. She's writing on paper. Suddenly, from upstairs, you hear a crash. She has knives out and shouting. What the hell are you doing in here? You're not supposed to be in here. I've paid my dues. And then another crash. And then a body thudding against a wall. Roll for initiative, please. Oh, we're going to cut that episode right there. So we so we close out on rolling for initiative. That's that's a good one. I like that. And Quill still hasn't gotten enough sleep. Oh, no. I am I am haggard and that's that's if Quill ever wakes up. <laughs> Quill is haggard and pissed now. Thank you to everyone listening to the podcast and also all of our viewers on Twitch here that rolled in with us today. We are in Absentia, a Uber Geek Media production, a fifth edition podcast that you can find wherever you listen to podcasts. Currently, episode 13 is coming out on Monday, and I will hopefully be getting a couple audiograms out. It's a doozy of an episode. Probably my favorite episode so far. That's the one where you guys return to Gil Ryan with the precious cargo. Love that episode. Closing out for the night, I'm Steve. I'm the GM. I hope everyone really enjoyed listening tonight. And with me, my co-hosts are John. Hi, I'm John. I'm riding the line between life and death, and it's exciting. Uh, I can be found at Seasonal Bar on Twitter and other locations. And Anne. I'm Anne. I played your Kenku Rogue story. And sometimes, uh, more often now, you can find me as the Crafty Heathen on all of your local social medias. Mark. Hi, I'm Mark. I've been Zigrit. And you can find me here every Friday and every other Saturday. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Come back every Friday or normal Fridays for live recordings of In Absentia. Again, this has been episode 25. So we've got lots of recorded audio that we're going to be editing out and putting out for quite a while to come. And then every other Saturday, come back for The Wolf's Wood, GM'd by 
this guy up here, John. So, what do we think of this episode? A little bit, uh... This one had a good amount of closure on it from kind of the last couple episodes. Uh, kind of closed out uh, what we'd been doing for the last, you know, day and a half or so in-game.